Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups Fallowfield and Mason. In this episode, I speak with Lisa Erler, business consultant and founder of jewellery destination Gemalog, and also author of the book Gemalog, Street Jewellery Styles and Styling Tips. Lisa left her management consulting career to start her business in 2009 when she saw an opportunity for jewellery to be shared digitally, and she hasn't looked back. Her current gem business world includes Gem Creatives, Gem Photo School, and Gem Maison, Lisa shares advice on time management and the need to stay on top of new trends. She emphasises the importance of understanding many different areas of business simultaneously, but also how to keep on top of that too. Hi Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. It is great that you've joined How to Start Up. It would be wonderful if you give a little bit of background as to who you are and a bit about your company if possible. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for having me. So I started out in banking consulting and living in London and Vienna, I got inspired by the world of art and I moved to New York and pivoted towards gemology and launched a jewelry digital platform called Gemalog. And I've been in the jewelry world for the past 11 years. And why did you start this company? So I started Gemalog during my gemology degree because I had an opportunity to visit uh, Harry Winston office uh, on Madison Avenue, or I had unique access to diamond dealers, trade shows. I had access to content and the stories I was interested in, I knew they were not available in, in the digital media. I was bringing something new and disrupting how jewelry been presented to jewelry lovers. Amazing. And what was it you did first when you started your business? The first thing I did, I spoke to a lot of people about my idea and I tried to find a partner from the jewelry world. And a lot of people were not enthusiastic about jewelry online. My partner felt that jewelry would never be available online. So as we know today, jewelry is um, very much available online and there are great stories so i think the most important in the beginning if you're starting out is to discuss all the ideas you have and trying to see if you are the right partner for yourself or you need to partner up with someone to create your business and what was the best piece of advice that you were given when you started i think the best piece of advice i got when I started was to make friends and build relationship. It was easy thing to do living in New York where people were open to new ideas and open to new ventures. And so just keep talking. Exactly. And I love when people, even without me asking, sharing their opinion or advice. So just being a good listener and let people give you an honest feedback. And I always encourage everyone to share their thoughts with me, even if maybe they might feel it's unwelcome by me. Yeah, I completely agree. And especially when you're working during a pandemic, you don't have that normal office environment sounding board where people go, oh, maybe next time you could do it this way. And you have to be a lot more proactive in seeking that constructive feedback. I think that's super important. And 
in terms of your learning, given that you've come so far, how do you now continually learn and upskill and stay relevant, especially in the digital space? I mean, I have to say that I embrace the digital realm since 2009. I'm very much preoccupied with the digital world of communication and its ongoing learning process. And there are many new trends uh, in media. There are many different ways of how things can be structured. I think that's what I enjoy the most about being an entrepreneur. You have to learn and master very different skills at the same time. So you have to create content. We have to know how to deal with accounting, with lawyers, with IT, with photography, with family. So it is an ongoing learning process of how to master the skills as well as master your time management. That is one of the questions I had for you is given the hats you wear and the multiple business streams that you have, how do you manage your time? I follow time zones. <laughs> I travel a lot and my teams are in the time zone. I always try to identify with people I work with when they are available and productive the most. I mean, with Jam Creatives, it's a creative agency for jewelry designers. I'm a co-founder and partner. I focus maybe in the morning when my partner is available and we can have conversations and we use tools such as Quire, where we have a lot of different issues to discuss but instead of like spending hours on the phone we have this productive whatsapp app you can call it so we can have many conversations happening without actually communicating so that's really interesting so you cordon off your diary depending on which workflow you're working on i used to work with brilliant people accenture and i loved how old-fashioned they were by writing down the tasks and i always wondered why wouldn't they use some sort of an application they would always use a pen and have a beautiful notebook and they would always write the tasks and they would take a lot of pleasure crossing them out (laughs) the list was not for the entire company it was a personal list and i think this was a brilliant way to start the day and finish the day because you have outlined your priorities and there's a way how this list can be maintained and also gives you this uh, satisfaction and once you feel that you're productive your productivity increases dramatically and helps you to prioritize there's something amazing about pen and ink you can't just delete the line in your google doc i mean i love everything technology yeah but I realized that having a pen and have a beautiful smile and notebook is really a kind of this tactile object could really help me to focus and prioritize. And what was the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself since becoming your own boss? That I like to learn and I like to know how things are done before I am outsourcing them or giving the task to someone else. Ah, so you have to kind of know the guts of something and how it works before you can delegate it on. Yes, and I take a pleasure in learning and and mastering the skill. I think that tends to be a typically entrepreneurial mindset of just wanting to understand more things. And then you, you do have to get to the point where you delegate because you can't do everything at once. But I agree, understanding it is really satisfying. What did you learn about pricing yourself and your services and your business? I feel many people who start working for themselves and freelancers don't value their time. You don't only sell something you can do, right? You sell all your knowledge. You sell years of training or years of experience. And this should be included in the price. I respect people and I respect people who I work with when they know how to manage their time and they value their time and charge accordingly. When you're pitching for new business, what advice might you have for someone who's new to doing this? 
I think it's very important to understand who you're talking to, who's decision maker, and how you can help them. How can you add value and what exactly they're looking for, for you pitching the business and also that you understand and know exactly what you'll be offering. Yeah, really going to the detail at the beginning of what problem you're going to solve for them. And if you are indeed the right person for them, because there's a few times I've come across, it's like, I'm not the person for you. Indeed, indeed. It's very important to say this is not something I can do for you, but this is the person you should speak to. And if you had your time over again, is there anything you would go back and not do again? I wish that I had more time to be able to spend with people I've built a relationship with over the years and learned more from them. Yes, because to develop relationships, to learn from people, it requires time. And time, I find, is the most precious commodity when you're self-employed. What is it you enjoy the most about being self-employed? That I can stay true to myself, to my authenticity, to my own style, input, my work, that I can choose people I work with, that I can be creative and I can get involved in the projects I want and build my life around things I love doing. Yeah, you're incredibly passionate about the product itself, but then everything that you've built around this with Gemalog, it just shines through. Thank you. In terms of being self-employed, there comes a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. What is the biggest negative to you when you're self-employed? I think failure is part of the process. I think you need to fail to learn, and but hopefully fail on small projects and learn from them and know how to manage that. I mean, maybe it's not enjoying the least, maybe the fearing, what I fear the most. I don't want to let people down. I want everyone to be happy and successful. And I want to make sure that I can deliver on time and build a long-term relationship. So given that you qualified from the GIA and you are a jewelry expert and jewelry entrepreneur, what other areas have you had to learn the most in around becoming self-employed and starting your businesses? Uh, Definitely, definitely digital marketing. Definitely uh, photography, definitely videography, definitely editing, uh, managing people, signing contracts, the accounting bit. (laughs) The accounting bit, that time you're loving. (laughs) Managing my time, being able to work on deadlines. And has that all come just through practice or the particular hacks around seeking out experts to support you on this? How have you overcome all of that learning? Because that's a lot. I think it comes naturally that you realize that, okay, there's something you need to do. What's the best way of doing it? What's the most creative way you can do it? What's the most efficient way of doing it? Think of an exam. If you need to pass an exam, you need to think how you're going to pass that exam. How many hours you're going to allocate? What is the structure of the paper? Which time of the day you're going to be taking the exam? Are you performing better in the morning or in the afternoon or at night? So I think it's similar. You need to think of the best way of doing it. Like how you're going to learn, how you're going to improve on that, who you're going to hire, how long will it take you? Mm. Um, there's a lot of thinking involved and preparing yeah. and researching. So do a lot of the thinking ahead of just jumping in and making quick decisions. It's really good advice, actually, to say really think things through before making those big decisions. And can you trust this accountant? Can you afford this accountant? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something I would think, where is the accountant located? Can I see this person face-to-face at least once? <laughs> thinking about the process in advance and how do you draw boundaries around your work-life balance i mean i i work a lot on social media i'm acutely aware that social media is emotionally draining 
and needs to be handled carefully. And I've been very much addicted to it in the past. And I found a way, thanks to my family and my beautiful dog, who gives me hugs, mm -hmm. to manage. For example, social Instagram allows you to send you a notification if you spend over an hour per day on social media. So you, you can plan how you're going to handle this and how much time you prepare to spend that you don't sacrifice your emotional health. 100%. And do you take annual leave? Do you book off days where you're like, I am not working today? Or are you somebody that's constantly inspired by things you can't help but keep thinking about work? I think I don't take time off, but I take time off to get inspired, to meet new people, to see some art, and then bring it back to my work. I like my work to be around creativity and all the sort of like a boring bit. It just comes with it and I'm comfortable. And I think sometimes I found things that I think I might not like as part of this process. It's because I don't understand it. And going back to your point earlier is like learning, taking time to understand something before delegating it actually takes the sting out of the not liking it so much. I don't know if you found that. I mean, even so, I'm very creative in my mind, maybe thanks to my consulting training. I used to dream in slides, PowerPoint slides. <laughs> so every problem I need to tackle, every task I need to do, the course I have taken during my business management degree, which helped me to create mind maps around the problems we need to solve. I enjoy this process. So I can tackle whatever that is. And I can find bits and pieces I enjoy because I enjoy that process of solving a problem. And it, I take satisfaction from having a problem and solving it. So like I don't necessarily enjoy, but I absolutely love the end that this is something I have created from nothing or that's a problem and I found a resolution. So I enjoy the process. If you got any hacks for somebody who's newly self-employed, who's just come out of a job and starting up their business, is it? Structure a day, find the time when you're most productive. Talk to your clients. So they recommend you make sure that you have testimonials, know yourself and focus on what's important in the beginning, whether it's a strategy or finding clients as soon as possible. Thank you, Lisa. That's been amazing. Thank you for all of your advice that you have shared. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It was interesting to learn from Lisa that social media needs careful handling and that she limits the time she spends on it, even with it being such an important part of her business. If you'd like to contact Lisa, you'll find all of her details in the show notes, along with a recap of the advice she has shared. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it.